Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Human Rights Foundation's Dissidents and Dictators podcast. My name is Casey Michelle, and alongside my unstoppable co-host, Alicia Maldonado. So hi, Alicia. Unstoppable, that's right. <laughs> We've got a packed episode for you today, talking about everything from foreign interference to the official who has been named the most corrupt person of the year. So stay tuned, because this is going to be a good one. Alicia, how you doing today? Uh, better than your voice. Oh, that's cold and <laughs> true. I sound like I've swallowed a frog. But it's cool. Feels like there's a it's gravel a... truck in my throat. And yeah. I am sorry in advance to all of our wonderful listeners who get to hear this for the rest I of the see, I, th- I just think that's cool, that little growl there. And it's got a very Phoebe Buffet quality to it. Phoebe, Phoebe Buffet quality. Phoebe Buffet. I know that name. Where's that name from? Oh, from Friends. Smelly Cat. Friends. Oh, the TV show Friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy. Rest in peace uh, to uh, Matthew Perry. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, that was a seminal show Yep. Uh, that I never watched. Well, I guess you missed out on a good chunk of uh, cultural history. Uh, yeah, I apologize again yeah, for, right. for that, I'll, for I'll those choices. Forgive it. I'll that forgive I've made. No, the only, the only piece of cultural history I really care about, and I'll tell you this, speaking honestly, speaking earnestly, Alicia, the only piece of cultural history, and I time in history, it's ongoing, is is the 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 impact and the ongoing legacy of a singer, songwriter, actor extraordinaire. Uh, I, I think a lot I think of folks are going to know him. I hope. Uh, named Mr. Harry Styles. Harry Styles has a. He's now in our office. He's in our office. Yeah, in, in spirit and also in in the form of a doll. Oh, he's in the doll. That's who that is. Yeah. We have a, Casey and I decided we did, needed another mascot in our office. And since we're always talking about Harry Styles, because why wouldn't you? Um, I brought in a doll that a friend gave me for my 30th birthday. And um, it's, a, it's a Harry Styles when he, when he first came, became big. And it, it sings, that's what makes you beautiful. He was in a band? One Direction. One Direction. That's, that's, One that's D right. forever. That's right. He's got that tussle hair and that voice from the gods. So shout out to our number one fan, Harry, Harry Styles. Styles. Yeah, he kind of did a... He, he sent fans going crazy a little bit because apparently he shaved his head, you know, speaking of tussled hair. Oh, my god! But, it, you know, hair grows back. It's grown back. It does grow back. Yeah. I tell you. You know what's funny? Well, I mean, it's a collector's item, right? I mean, it's probably like the Beanie Babies, and you're all saving them and hoarding them. Oh, absolutely. That's, like your, that's your nest egg. That's your nest egg right <laughs> yeah, there. That's, that's my your, retirement. That's your, that's your investment right there, <laughs> right. Which, is, which is funny because one of the things we're going to talk about today, and again, here's a segue for folks, is a nest egg is collecting, now not dolls, not members of, of One Direction, but collecting foreign patrons, okay, foreign regimes, foreign kleptocratic dictatorships as patrons, as those that are fluffing your own nest egg. And I'm talking, of course, about a senator in the United States of America from the great state of New Jersey. Good old Bobbers. A gentleman named Bob Menendez, who, according to American prosecutors, appears to be collecting foreign patrons, foreign kleptocratic regimes as paymasters over and over again. Yeah, he's just up to no good all the time. While a member in good standing of the U.S. Senate. Oh, and by the way, also the former chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. This is Bob Menendez, who has apparently been collecting these regimes, pocketing them while filling his own pockets. What's he been up to lately? Well, lately... What dirty dealings has he gotten up to? He has been busy. He has been keeping himself busy, keeping his, his, his compatriots uh, elsewhere busy. So a little bit of background yeah, please. about Bob Menendez. A long-standing 
uh, member of the Democratic Party, longstanding senator, again, from the state of New Jersey. And he is one of the U.S. Senate's leading foreign policy voices. And again, I mentioned a moment ago, the chair mm -hmm. of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, which, uh, you know, if, if folks aren't aware, is the highest ranking foreign policy related position in the U.S. Senate. I mean, really, it's just a step down from the White House helping direct uh, financing of American foreign policy decisions, helping direct priorities in the U.S. Congress for foreign policy moving forward. Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the leading voices, really one of the titans of the American foreign policy establishment, except a couple months ago, there was a bombshell indictment right. against Mr. Menendez. And you reported on this, I did right? do some for reportage on this. Yes, yeah. I wrote about this for the, the Atlantic. And again, we could talk about as many of the, the details of the indictment, which is, which is certainly well worth reading in and of itself. But I think pulling back, it's worth highlighting what these prosecutors are alleging. What they are alleging is that, in this case, the Egyptian government, the Egyptian dictatorship, mm -hmm. had effectively turned Senator Bob Menendez into an alleged foreign agent, an alleged foreign lobbyist, an alleged ally in their pocket, doing their bidding amidst all of the other unsuspecting American legislators, American senators, mm -hmm. in helping direct and craft pro-regime, pro-Egyptian, pro-dictatorial policies in the United States of America. It was the very first time in American history that prosecutors have charged a sitting official in Washington with these crimes of acting as an unregistered foreign agent, unregistered foreign lobbyist, doing the bidding of a foreign regime in this manner. Do they say how Egypt managed to get to them? They do. Go on. And again, these are all allegations waiting to be proven in the court of law. It is a fascinating, sordid affair, which again, we'll include some links in the notes, in the show notes to this, if folks want to read more about it. Apparently, and again, allegedly, they got to Senator Menendez, not directly, not by reaching out, by giving him a phone call, sitting in his office, but by using a number of intermediaries, especially in the United States, to then get to the senator himself. They used a number of individuals based in the United States that are working hand in glove with Egyptian officials, who then targeted Senator Menendez's then-girlfriend, now-wife, a woman named Nadine Menendez, promising her what they called a, quote, low or no-show job, where she could make her own money on her own end if she went to the senator, to her boyfriend and now husband, and said, hey, would you consider, would you be willing to provide some information uh, about decisions, about votes, about priorities regarding Egypt, regarding e uh, U.S. Egyptian relations, Got regarding it. what kind of policies can work for the betterment of the dictatorship, the military dictatorship in Egypt? Uh, that would be great if you could do that, honey. And, you know, again, far be it from me to ever you know, criticize a man in love or doing whatever you know, his <laughs> right. romantic partner, certainly his wife in this case, uh, does. God knows I go out of my way every day to do anything and everything my wife asks me. That is a good and husband if, job. And if right she's there. listening, I'm sure she'll agree. Uh, yes. I mean, sorry, I mean disagree <laughs> vehemently. If she wants to share via tweet, um, if that's true or not, she definitely I really do. hope my wife, my dear sweet <laughs> loving wife, does not tweet at us. Please but, tweet but, at us. But, but what we saw was this transformation over the course of really just a couple years of Senator Menendez. And again, this is, this is a guy who represents constituents in the state of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. What we saw over the, a couple years is apparently 
him becoming someone who viewed his constituency not as New Jerseyites or New Jerseyans or whatever they're called, um, but as the regime in Cairo itself. And again, this is not just, you know, having a conversation, not just having meetings, but uh, ghostwriting language, drafting text for Egyptian officials to then go to other unsuspecting American legislators to more, most effectively lobby them. Uh, this is uh, providing information about how votes are going to go ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, this is providing highly, highly sensitive information about the personnel working at the U.S. Embassy in Cairo, which, um, you know, is a handy little piece of a uh, bucket of information for uh, officials in Cairo to then potentially pressure those individuals to turn them into spies, to pressure their families, so on and so forth. I mean, this is, you know, any one of these would be concerning. But you take this in totality and you realize the scope of this scheme is beyond anything we've seen, in this mm -hmm. case, in American history. And again, he's not some no-name backbench official in he's Congress. He's as high up as they can get. He is as high up as you could possibly get. And again, this is all without us having any understanding of right. uh, just how far it actually went. You know, how much classified information this alleged foreign agent was privy to could have potentially shared on his own end as well. And it also seems now that he's uh, branching out from Egypt and, uh, or reportedly, allegedly. Allegedly, um, yeah. And so it also looks like he's not uh, just keeping to Egypt, reportedly. Uh, the Times has a piece saying that he is uh, now has been working uh, reportedly with Qatar. Yes, he, he has. This was a, a new information added to the uh, most recent indictment against Senator Menendez um, just a, a week or two ago that he was also working on behalf of Qatari interests in, uh, in Washington, again, with some of the same individuals he'd been working with on behalf of the Egyptians. I mean, I think and again, this is this is going to go to trial in a few months. We should presumably, unless there's a settlement, should presumably have more information about some of these networks that were cultivated around and obviously including Senator Menendez himself. But I think the, the reality that there's now a second country, a second regime, mm -hmm. highlights the fact that these networks are all too often not isolated, not acting in a vacuum, and unfortunately not limited to any one regime uh, um, or any one government itself. All too often, these foreign agencies, foreign lobbyists, are working on behalf of a range mm -hmm. of regimes, a range of kleptocratic dictatorships. And again, <laughs> you know, I say that all too often, but I, I do think you, you just got to remember time and again that this wasn't a no-name nobody. This was the gentleman who was charged right. with steering priorities and financing in the U.S. Senate, who is now the very first alleged charged as such foreign agent uh, in all of American history. We have never seen, never seen anything like this in U.S. history. And it's interesting, too. I mean, uh, the Times piece says that, you know, he arrived in, in Qatar in 2022 to attend the World Cup. So the, you know, it even spreads out the... Um, you know, I mean, look, this is dealing in a way because the World Cup is already, you know, shady. The enough, Qataris so. are no. I mean, look at the American think tank community. Look at American universities. The Qataris are no stranger to getting their tendrils into all kinds of networks in the U.S. as well as elsewhere. Um, but again, it was by no means limited to the the, the Qatars or the the Egypts right. of the world. This is over and over again. But I, I will say, just you know, this is all very dire and gloomy. Um, there were at least a little bit of you know fun elements 
in the indictment that if folks want to read through against Senator Menendez, such as when an Egyptian official responded to a text um, about Menendez information with, uh, I believe they described it as a thumbs up emoji, oh. which is, um, you know, it's always nice to, to see these, these <laughs> officials getting in on the emoji lingo. Um, there were also bribery allegations, again, which we don't need to detail, but there was a, a fun moment um, where Senator Menendez was found Googling, how much does one kilo of gold, <gasps> how much is it worth? I guess I, I've never Googled that, so I don't know how much it, it's worth. Shall we look it up? So hopefully he he knows. Uh, well, no, maybe when we maybe when we reach out to him at some point, okay, okay. we can get that information. <laughs> but again, this is talking about the foreign agents, foreign lobbyists, uh, networks. Uh, you know, in in this case, in the United States, but by no means limited to the U.S. or to these regimes themselves. Oh, well, speaking of foreign agents, I've got something in my hand. Oh boy, it, is it a kilo of gold? It's worth it. It's, it's worth significantly less. It's worth significantly less. It's a book literally called, not worth its weight in gold. It's a book called Foreign Agents. Mm. It's an advanced reader copy. It's how American lobbyists and lawmakers threaten democracy around the world, and it's written by you. Oh. That's my book. That's your oh, book. that's right. I'm glad we have the galleys Coming in. Out. We have the advanced reader copies, and we have a few of them sitting on our desk. If any of our listeners want to come by. You know, Casey, I was I was flipping through it, and. I mean, and, and I was scanning a little bit, and it, it looks good so far. I did notice that my name wasn't anywhere in it, though. Well, you know, here's the thing. It's an advanced copy. It's not the final copy. <laughs> okay, so there's we're time gonna, to we're make gonna to work our that. way, work our way, or, our way toward it. Omar, uh, if you want to get in there, I'm going to have to hear you say yes. Uh, uh, no, no mic for Omar. Oh, it's okay. I'll, ta- I'll, I'll see. He could be a silent, quiet man. That's, that's right. Well, he's certainly a silent partner of this podcast. Shout out right. to our producer, Omar. He's the best. Absolutely. But yes, this Tell us is. About the book. This is, August. I mean, this is, <laughs> again, to bring things back to Mr. Menendez, the manuscript was finalized. Um, uh, and then all these allegations came out against Senator Menendez. So now there's an afterword. But the, the argument of the book, the point of the book, is looking at these networks of foreign agents, foreign lobbyists. And again, these are Americans working on behalf of foreign regimes, foreign dictatorships in Egypt and Qatar and Saudi Arabia and Russia and China and Venezuela and Cuba, elsewhere, all around the world, and doing their dirty work in Washington to lobby American officials and lobby other Americans themselves, whitewash these regimes, spread mm-hmm. their messaging, and impact to unsuspecting policymakers in the United States of America. I mean, look, I'm, I'm an American. I'm, I'm writing predominantly for American audiences mm-hmm. about this American phenomenon. Yeah. Um, and again, the caveat being it's not limited to the United States of America. Right, right. But it is the history of this industry stretching all the way back to the early 20th century in which the gentleman who founded the public relations industry as we know it uh, also ended up going to work on behalf of Mussolini, on behalf uh. of the Soviets, and then eventually on behalf of the Nazis to do their, oh, uh, again, God. image laundering. And then fast forward to where we are in modern America, 21st century America, that legacy continuing. And now not Is only... Is money worth it? Go on. Well, I, I'll tell you, it's not only limited to the PR industry anymore. Now it's consultants, now it's law firms, now it is, uh, as I mentioned a moment ago, think tanks and universities, former officials, you name it. All these Americans running around Washington trying to get as much money as possible, trying to pocket as many of these dictatorships to then lobby on their behalf, work on their behalf, and whitewash these regimes, uh, stifling dissent, I just uh, don't know how you sleep them that at much night. further. How do you sleep at night? I mean, I don't sleep at night, as you can tell from my voice. <laughs> yeah, well, you have good, you have better reasons, at least. There, you know, I don't know if the cute baby is a principled reason, but it's out in tw- uh, August of twenty. August of twenty twenty four, published by Saint Martin's Press, and um, 
Case thanks, of the thanks, shout. thanks for the shout out there, there Elise. It, it is, it is uh, again, there are some fun stories in there. Um, uh, uh, you know, there What's are. What's a favorite? Are, Do you have a favorite? Well, I, I guess I, I have a couple favorites. I'll just mention two of them quickly. You know, one of them is when um, a lobbyist from the kleptocratic regime in Azerbaijan mm-hmm. uh, came to me uh, when I was working as a reporter in beautiful Houston, Texas, which I should mention is home to the mm-hmm. world's greatest Lord of the Rings themed restaurant. Right. Shout out to our co-producer Talia for making sure I mentioned that. Yeah. Um, Doesn't serve lamb best bread though. That's a, it's by one that, neck we'll on save it. that for for a separate episode. <laughs> uh, uh, she came to me and said, "Look, we'd love to fly you over to Azerbaijan." Uh, part of a congressional delegation going over. You could be there, you could cover it, your readers are going to love it. And I go, okay, yeah, sure, you know, that's an interesting idea. Maybe I could talk to my editor about seeing how that arrangement mm-hmm. would work out. She goes, yeah, that's all fine and good. Just remember when you're there, eh, don't write anything negative. Of course. Uh, about the regime, about the, you know, because some people just want to do that. And yeah. I go, oh, okay, yeah, I don't know if that's going to I'm happen. not going to come And here we are 10 years later, and one of my favorite things to do is absolutely slam the regime yep. over there for how horrific the Ilham Aliyev dictatorship truly is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I, that's in there. The second one is when a professor demanded to know my cholesterol count, ah. who was, she was working on, on behalf of a, another dictatorship. Um, anyways, <laughs> I still don't know my cholesterol count. I, I guess I should at some point, but we'll save that for the rest. Okay, okay, okay. I need to know, what chapter is that in? Yeah, it's, it's one, 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 one of them. But I promise it's a quick read, and, and hopefully folks will have some fun with it along the way. That's very cool. Thanks, Alicia. All right, Casey, what else do we have to talk about? Well, Alish, I know everyone's talking about the Golden Globes right. the other day. Uh, the, the awards ceremony to end all awards ceremony. But I got I to gotta tell you, uh, just a, a few weeks ago, there was another awards ceremony that, 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 look. You're a part of, right? On my end. Look, look, I'm a little biased. I was part of it. But I got to <laughs> tell you, it might be a little more important. It might be weightier than a golden globe. Yeah, it's weight in gold. Yes, exactly. Let's just keep exactly. that as a... I, I don't know why I'm doing this with my hands, but yeah, I, I you wish, guys can't I, see I what I'm doing with my hands. I don't know how to describe what you're doing with your hands. <laughs> we'll just say it's, 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 it looks like someone who just Googled how much does a kilo of gold That's work. exactly right, yeah. But this was this was um, uh, a, a, a an award that's been going on since 2012. It's organized by the fine folks, the phenomenal folks at the Organized Crime so and Corruption Reporting Project, OCCRP. And if a lot of folks are, are familiar with this organization, they were the ones that really led the way in breaking the news about things like the Panama Papers um, back in 2016. Really kind of the, the leading international investigative journalistic outfit. They're fierce. Miranda Petrushkic. Patricia's, yep, is now She's the editor-in-chief so over there. Uh, Drew Sullivan was, was, was the leader there for, for years and years. Um, and, and look, they have been leading the way on this for, for years. And they, they, in 2012, created this new award, which folks were clamoring for, the Corrupt Person of the Year Award. Tell us about it. How did you guys decide? Well, this is, uh, uh, you, you know, we had a lot of candidates to choose from. Yes. So I was one of the judges this year. Now, look, I, I think people can get an idea of what we're trying to award. It's literally, literally there in the title. Who has been the most corrupt person uh, in any given year? Now, 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 if you really wanted to mean that literally, you'd give it to, I don't know, Erdogan or, or mm-hmm. Putin or, or Xi year in, year out. And that gets a little boring. Tiring. So this year, the winner was someone who I'm assuming very few people, if anyone listening, is actually familiar with. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of the reason of the award. It was the Guatemalan attorney general. Oh, okay. A woman named Maria Consuelo, uh, Maria Consuelo Porras who, uh, again, is one of these kind of almost no-name, overlooked officials mm-hmm. that nonetheless, nevertheless, plays a key cog, in many ways the key cog, 
and how authoritarian regimes entrench themselves. It was It's kind of the, the banality of evil, right. Right, as Hannah Arendt would have said, or the banality of bureaucracy in this case. She has been one of the key figures in dismantling all of the democratic gains in Guatemala over the past few years. She was appointed as attorney general mm-hmm. in 2018 and has targeted all number of democratic officials, democratic organizations, investigating them, sicking the authorities on them, directing those administrative resources toward dismantling all of the democratic gains in Guatemala over the past few years. She was sanctioned by the United States of America in 2022. The European Union is currently considering her for sanctioning as well. And again, she's, she's, she's not flashy. She's not outspoken. She doesn't have this kind of great swagger or public presence. Very much operates in these kind of backroom dealings. Very much operates in the background. Uh, but nonetheless... I mean, that's the way to do it if you're going to be corrupt, right? Well, that's certainly one, one, one way to do it. And for years, she was able to kind of get away with mm-hmm. it until the last few years. When I think more and more folks realize, you know, Guatemala had been this great democratic and anti-corruption success story. In the early through mid-2010s, there was a new um, uh, uh, investigative body set up um, that was really kind of one of these proof of concepts about how you target uh, corrupt officials in the former regime. It's kind of almost like a lustration process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a new Guatemalan regime uh, entered in, in, the, in the late 2010s uh, that appointed her as attorney general, and she was the spear tip dismantling all of these organizations, which is why OCCRP named her this year as the corrupt person of the year. What was the uh, barometer in which he judged them? Well, barometer that we're there about? were, and again, this is not necessarily someone who's stolen the most money. This is not someone who's necessarily, she's obviously not leading, you know, the head, the head of the mm-hmm. regime down there, but she is a personification right. of a, a position that is, again, the key cog in these administrative bureaucratic decisions that kleptocratic dictators rely on. You know, they can't do these things themselves. They need to have these henchmen, or in this case, henchwomen, mm-hmm. henchpeople, uh, that act as their underlings that are able to direct what it is the regime wants, what it is the regime needs in order to remain in power, in order to continue pocketing all of the illicit goods, ill-gotten gains themselves. She is, and again, She's not going to be as nearly allegedly wealthy as the Erdogans or the Putins or the Xi's of, course, of the world. Of but she is the kind of person, the kind of position uh, that is key to the entrenchment of these regimes around the world. Well, you know, as they say, she may not be as rich, but you have to start somewhere. Um, you know, and as you one of your, certainly, certainly <laughs> do. Um, as one of your fellow judges said, you know, they called her, uh, said that she's protecting what has been called Guatemala, what Guatemala calls a pact of corrupt, the corrupt. Um, as you mentioned, involving businessmen and corrupt politicians, but also persecuting prosecutors, journalists, and activists. So yeah, and using look, these your are, these are, are, are officials, former former generals, uh, narco traffickers, organized crime. I mean, look, this is this is we don't have all the time to get into domestic you know, uh, uh, politics in Guatemala itself. But she is working at the behest of, on behalf of, truly the worst of the worst of Guatemalan society to entrench that regime that much further. And again, to really unwind what had been one of the great success stories in the early mid-2010s in terms of post-authoritarian transitions, democratic transformation, anti-corruption, agitation, investigation, and implementation of the kind of policies that are are needed. Um, I, I should say that uh, she's all, you know, this award has been, you know, OCCRP has been giving this award since 2012. She is the very first woman 
Wow. To receive this. Congratulations, so Maria. Congratulations to her. And she supplants um, last year's winner, who is <laughs> no longer with us, former oh. former Russian Shame. warlord Shame. Yevgeny Prigozhin, who I think a lot of folks uh, might remember from leading the, the putsch or, or mutiny on uh, on Moscow uh, last year and then and then dying spectacularly in an airplane explosion. I kind of like the way you guys went about that because, you know, everyone or, you know, most people who pay attention or know the Erdogans and, and the Putins, but uh, I've definitely not heard that name. So I think it's I think it's good that you guys uh, pointed out a name that most people wouldn't know and start putting her on the map and calling her out for her dirty dealings. Well, on behalf of OZCRP and all of the judges, thank you, Alicia. You're welcome. A good time, as usual. Right, Casey? A wonderful time. But next week, uh, we would like our listeners to know that you will not be with us. I'll be out. I'll be traveling. And so uh, we'll have a, a co-host guest of honor. Surprise guest. A surprise guest. Folks, you're going to enjoy it. It's going to it's gonna be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun without you. But we'll miss you at the same time. Well, look, I'm going to miss you as well. Yeah. Uh, and all the gold I'm sure you'll be collecting while I'm gone. We'll be, yeah. And I will be weighing it so I know how much I have, actually. Well, that's good. That's a great place to start. And it'll be interesting <laughs> to see if you end up having more of that worth more than, uh, boy, oh, boy this Harry Styles collector's doll is worth. It's a real jam, isn't it? Um, and also, if you guys uh, may have heard some office noises, we ask your forgiveness. Our colleagues are so rudely working. How dare How they? How dare they? First of all. How dare they? That's okay. Yeah. We're happy to have them working, conversing, and building this democratic community while you and I just talk shop. Yeah, it's a good time. So anyways, uh, I'll be back in two weeks. And next week, Alicia, it's all yours. It's all mine. I'm going to take it over, y'all. Good. It's about time. Yes. All right, I'll see you in two weeks. I'll miss you. Miss you too. Okay. The Human Rights Foundation is a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization that promotes and protects human rights globally with a focus on closed societies. We promote freedom where it's most at risk in countries ruled by authoritarian regimes.